Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. What's going on, people? All right. I want to welcome all of you to another special Q on One podcast edition of the Talk to Q radio show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And without further ado, I will go ahead and get to my guest. My guest hails from Chicago, Illinois, but now makes her home in the Magnolia State of Mississippi in the capital city of Jackson. So I would like to welcome Alma. To the Talk to Q radio show. Alma, how are you doing? Good morning, good morning, good morning. I am doing great this morning. All right. I appreciate you taking the time to visit the show for the first time. And uh, we'll go ahead and jump into it and get into discussion of relationships. And I guess, first of all, where I want to start is uh, what is your definition of dating and what is your definition of a relationship? Ooh, I always live by the thumb that I was taught that you're single until you marry. And for me, relationships and dating. Dating is the time span of getting to know each other and, you know, trying to figure each other out and get the little corks and screws together. And relationships is that step further is really being together and, and it's really a relationship. You're really developing something. You're developing what should be the ultimate goal of your best friend towards marriage. It's developing okay. that okay. relationship. Okay, but regardless of whichever one you're doing, you feel like you're still single until you're filing taxes. Married. Together, right? <laughs> yes, that's what I was taught. And at first I was like, what do you mean? But it, it makes sense as I've gotten older. Or whatnot. But if you're in a relationship, you need to be committed because that is a way relationships should be that step right before marriage. If you can't be committed in a relationship, you're not going to be, in my opinion, you're not going to be committed in a marriage. So if it's not okay. working, just break it up and ship on out. Okay. Okay. Now you mentioned, you said as you, you, you've gotten older, let me do a little um, background on you. Like I said, you're from Chicago and, uh, you want to disclose how old you are or your age range? Or? I am 29 years of age and okay. Chicago raised. <laughs> okay. 29 years old. Okay. So we're getting the perspective of, of someone who's definitely, you know, been around long enough to date and know something about relationships and things of that nature. Um, to you, what's the hardest thing about dating? You know, what makes it difficult when it comes to auditioning a potential partner? With this day and age, the exposure of having the access to multiple people one time is a struggle these days. And my struggle is men more so want you to be submissive and you don't even have a title. And it's like it's frustrating to me that men want you to do everything as if you were their wife, their woman, and they don't even have the DC to want to build a relationship with you but want everything out of you. And that's a struggle with me, and it's like I, I'm more sort of a wife in my mind because if I give, I'm going to give my whole, If I, I'm going to give it 100%. Mm-hmm. 
Right. If I feel like you're not giving it back, I have a tendency of drawing back, like, you know, let me just, maybe if I give him distance, he'll see it. Or if it doesn't work, it's just kind of harder these days. And then, of course, I am a millennial. And it's just like I either get younger guys or older guys. The guys in my age range is like either married or don't want to get married. And then I get hit on by younger guys or older men, and especially married men. I don't understand it. So it's kind of hard for me these days. And I just sit back and just say, you know, let me just focus on me and just date myself or date my friends rather, you know. Or it's just I just start putting that energy into other stuff. Okay, so when when you say um, younger guys and older guys, how young and how old are you talking? Let's just say I've gotten guys that counted down to their 18th birthday, and I've in um that's the youngest. I'm in this several. I'm like I could go to jail even talking to you like that in my mind. And his old older, let's just say they could be my father. As far as I know, you say you're 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 working on yourself and focusing your energy else, elsewhere. Do you find that a lot of people, a lot of women, I guess, in your age range, are doing the same? That they're kind of in limbo as far as, well, I'm kind of past some of the things that I've dealt with. And now I'm just going to try something different, maybe focus on my career and focus on, you know, my business or whatever it is that they're doing. And is that why we're seeing a lot of ladies who may be in their 30s or mid-30s who are still single? I believe so. I honestly believe it's almost like an epidemic that because we're just frustrated. I believe a lot of women become frustrated because things shouldn't be as hard as it is, especially when it comes to dating. And and it seems like the gender roles are changing, that women are taking care of men, and men are being kept by women. I just, I personally don't understand it. And then it's like the women are getting like the men these days, and the men are not able to trust women no more because women are, some women just, they act like men. And once I, be, I believe once a woman becomes scorned so much, she just figures, well, they're doing it. Let me go ahead and do it and protect myself and protect my feelings and whatnot. So I might as well just become, I don't like to call men dogs, but let me go into the dogging era. And that's where I get a lot of, that's when a lot of men say, well, women just as bad as men these days. And that's why I don't trust them. Or I'm just tired of the drama and this and that. And then such women as myself, like I'm single. I don't have any children, just things like that. I was on one day to men with children, and how many men don't have children these days? And the main reason why I don't want to date yeah. men with children, I don't want to deal with the other women. Mm. Because women, dealing with women in a cruel situation is a nasty situation, and I don't want to put myself in that. Okay, I completely understand. I completely understand, and it can be frustrating, can be difficult. It's, it is hard to find anybody... Uh, over 20 that doesn't have a kid these days. So I feel you on that completely. Um, But what do you think makes it so, um, let's see, where do I want to go with this? I guess as far as the change in guys. Now, I don't know if you watch older movies or 
you understand um you you're familiar with how things were like way back in the day when romance was on kind of a different level but what do you think make these guys just not want to try or i mean you think some women make it too easy and that's the, the problem or you think guys just don't want to put forth an effort anymore what do you think causes this whole dynamic um, I think it. What made the change is I. I, I want to blame it on laziness and due to the era of social media and okay. internet and stuff like that. I think men just got back and set lazy and got lazy because everything's accessible now. Everything's accessible with your thumbs and your phones and. People don't want to try, and then once people get an inkling of an exposure, once you get exposed one bad time, that'll mess your rep up for life. And I think men sit back and women sit back. We scroll and we, what they say, um, you know, stalk and, and go to pages and watch and see what, and try to put clues and stuff together. And if you looked upon a crazy well, you got too much exposure in a bad manner, people will fault you for that. People will fault you for your past and don't want to get past it. Like I always tell my friends, we joke and laugh about it. I said, well, you know, I don't mean this in a negative manner. I said, well, you know, whites together, they don't care about the past. You see, they fall in love with each other and keep it pushing. Us, we got to know too much, and if we see too much, no, we can't do that. Oh, and I said, we always sit back and say, well, we can't do. But yet, but yet we're still single. And I said, the men just, like they say, and then they want women to come up and say stuff to them these days. And I was and I was raised, you know, let a man approach you and this and that. It does not look ladylike. I think some of my upbringing, I'm still stuck in the older ways of dating and stuff. And some men say, well, you didn't say nothing. How was I supposed to say something? And I'm like, well, you're a man. It's okay to approach a woman. <laughs> in my mind, I think it's okay. for You can always try. If you go up to a woman and just try, it's okay. But I was always taught it looks manage for a woman to go up to a man and, and express that she's interested in him. And I have some friends that don't mind doing it. They don't care. And I was like, right. it looks, you see, I'm I'm sounding contradicting myself. It looks like something. So that's where we, we go, we battle at. And then these days people don't open their mouths anymore. They quit to say, let me just slide in their DM or slide in their message to them because we're very accessible these days. Everyone is very accessible, and that's the problem, I think, these days. And if you're seen, like, out in college, I've always hung around. I've hung around everybody. I was always a social butterfly, and I was always cool, calm, and cordial with everyone. But my small inner circle, it was a mixture. And if I hung out with, like, my best friend is a boy. And, of course, he's going to hang out with more boys. And then, of course, when you hang out and stuff, I've had people say, well, do they date or is she messing with them? And the whole time nothing ever transpired. But if you are caught with them so much, they'll assume that you're doing so much with them. And the whole time, we're all just friends. So people just observe and have their opinions on stuff and don't seek out facts, in my opinion, if that makes any sense. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, There's no sense in seeking out facts these days because people just rather have something presented to them and they just believe it, which is how you have so many lies spread on social media because no one does any fact checking. But, okay, so having said all of that about some of the difficulties of dating and um, some men being lazy, not even even wanting to approach, 
Is it to the point, you, you remember there's this old saying that a piece of man is better than no man at all. Is that mm-hmm. theory starting to return? Is that why we have the, I, I guess, this side piece revolution or people just want a piece of something rather than not have anything at all? You know what? It never left. It was more discreet back in the day. I've witnessed um, between my family. I have My parents are elderly, so I still have a lot of elderly aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff. And I have an uncle, a cousin right now that has his wife in one street and down the street was his mistress house. And he housed them and took care of them. And... That's is it is and it's been like that for ages and it's never it never left. I just think today it's more acceptable. I know people right now that don't that knows they're with they're with a married man and the wife knows that this man has his side piece and this and that. It's just more acceptable and more so women do not mind dealing with married men. From my peers of people that I've heard talk about it, well, I don't mind a married man now because. I still get everything that I need as long as he do this and that. I don't have to deal with him. We can go home at the end of the day. And this is women talking. The times are changing now. It's more acceptable that women don't see a problem with it. Back in the day, it's men saying, well, I know I got a woman over here and I got my wife at home. They don't know, but the wife, the, the mistress know about the wife, of course, but she's not going to say anything. You don't know nothing about her. Her mouth is closed the entire time. Got kids by the man and everything. And the kids don't even know that's the problem. But today's time, Everybody knows, and it's acceptable. Yeah, and I know people that that literally have two girlfriends, and and they all sit there and hang together. I'm like, it's more acceptable these days. And I think in 2017, everything is becoming acceptable, and that's becoming the issue today. And I think people just take freedom to a whole other level. And I think that's is, and then side pieces now. They trying to claim bigger thrones and stuff, so it's just it's an epidemic to me. It's an entire mm-hmm. epidemic to me. Yeah, side pieces, side pieces these days are looking for promotions for sure. Um, I blame Olivia Pope, <laughs> but uh, I just I I agree with you. I, I do think that um, it was a lot more discreet back in the day. Guys had whole other families across town, like you said, no one knew about it. You just the mistress just said, oh, that's your, your Uncle Jack, you know, or something like that. That was really daddy. And they had no idea of knowing. And it was just quiet as kept, I guess, so to speak. But now it's kind of all over the place. And, and social media does shape a lot of it. And But let's talk about another issue when it comes to dating and commitment and cheating, I guess. And that's... um physical attractiveness. Do you think that people have some unrealistic expectations when it comes to physical attractiveness because of social media, because of the photos and the images we see ad nauseum? I mean, it's it's not a day that goes by that if you're perusing social media, you're going to see like some of the finest or fittest people you've ever seen, you know, all Instagram models and you know, different things of that nature. Do you think that skews our expectations for real life? I think it is. I think it does. Is we were just talking about this other day, the microwavable stage. Everything is so accessible. Everything is so quick. People don't even 
have to leave their house to receive anything anymore these days. And I I used to crack a joke back in the day. I said, technology is going to take over so much that we're going to be sitting here talking out our heads. Uh, we're going to have devices in our fingers talking, and now we have the Apple Watch and that we can literally talk out of. So the evolution of hmm. things are turning, of course, and everything is, is so condensed and so packed down that it's so microwavable. And when you put things in the microwave, most times those things shrink. So our level of wanting to do more things is shrinking. Our eager to do, to really try to date someone and to be with people and to do things is shrinking. Everything is, is taking, we're taking the core out of everything. And I don't think people really want to get to the core of things anymore because why not? I can look at you and say, I, I just need you to, most people are dating just for the, for the, for clout. I got somebody good on, look good looking on my side, but the core can be rotten. But long as they look good, smell good, and, and can, and got a little money, that's all I need. We fell off. That's not the core of dating. We're supposed to be evolving. We're supposed to be building for our future and our wealth and whatnot. And we're not paying attention to that. I don't think a lot of people do. They don't see that it is a tomorrow. It's a possibility of another 20, 30 years in your lifespan from today's date. You can live for years, and people don't think about that. They don't think about the future. They just think about the right now because of this evolution of social media. I think social media has ruined a lot of things in this world. In 2000, when they said the world ended, it ended. Our private lives ended. The world that we knew ended. And... It's, it's it's tough these days. It's really tough, and being in the being a millennial kind of lasts the dying breed. It's like I've able I was able to witness. I we call it the dinosaur dinosaur stage of things, and now we over here with the jets with the um jets. What's the name of that show? The Jetsons. Yeah, the it was like a, oh, yeah. It's like an overnight. It was just like it was overnight. We went from dinosaurs to the Jetsons overnight. So okay. it's just, from the Flintstones to the Jetsons, Flintstones to the Jetsons, that quick, and it's not even okay. four years later yet. True, that's a very interesting perspective. Um, now a lot of things have changed, and so because of that, do you do you still believe in marriage? I do. Or or going forward, do you think it's just long term partnership, so to speak, because People can't commit for more than five years. I believe in marriage only because I know it's, it's it's biblical to do. And that's not my only reason, but that's my main reason to do. Because once you get married, it's a bond. That, it's a bond. And I believe we can't do nothing alone. We can't even conceive alone. We cannot produce children alone. So, therefore, I know we're meant to be married. And once you become married, you become that bond, you become that unity, and things are work better in your favor because it's not just one person doing it. You have two committed people to something. It's not easy. Nothing in life is easy. God never promised everything to be easy, but he did promise us everything that we ever desired. And I'm going to take the energy to do something. It would be better to have help to do things. I've never seen a person say, oh, 
this this is fine. I can do all this by myself and not take no help. Once you get some help, you're excited about some help because it's, it'll take a load off of you. It becomes easier. It don't become easy. I believe in the commitment. That's the strong, that's the one part I think everyone battles with because temptation is a lot more prone to happen these days. It's easier for temptation. And the stronger you are and, of course, the more wealthy you are, the more just, you know, your situation, temptation becomes much harder. And I just think it's a commitment. It's, I don't look at it so much like, oh, I have to be stuck with this, this person the rest of my life. I don't want to look at it like that. I want to be able to look at it, this is the person we're going to build together with. We're going to build. We're going to do these things and stuff like that. Commitment, my only issue that I just do not want to face is, of course, the cheating error or whatever. I pray that I don't have to deal with that. But I heard a, a quote not too long ago or reheard it. They said, if you ask a man if he's cheating and you're not prepared to leave, then don't ask him. Let him cheat in peace. And it kind of stuck out to me saying hmm. pretty much like, like in all my relationships, I've never went through my my um my significant other's phone. I've never done it, never want to do it because if I go through and I find something, am I going to be prepared to handle it? Am I going to be prepared to sit there and deal with it? And I never did. And I said, well, what's in that phone is in that phone. It's almost like one of those situations I, I'd rather not know. I'd rather not know, but that does not mean I'm giving you permission to go and do it. Right. If I'm not going to be prepared to handle the, the consequences and repercussions of it, and if I'm not ready to leave you, I'm not, because at that point you lose all respect. And in the beginning, before you knew, you got all respect in the world. He go, he just, he cheating in peace. He go cheat in peace. Just let the man cheat in peace. He's going to cheat. But if I find out my husband was cheating this and that, it's either we're drawing these divorce papers up or we're going to work through this. But more so, I don't want to deal with that aspect. I don't, but I don't know yet. So. I believe in marriage. I believe in marriage. I do. Okay. Well, that's encouraging to hear because I, I, I wonder how millennials feel about marriage. Um, I mean, I'm older. I'm I'm, I'm 45. So I uh, know how things were back in the day as far as my parents and everything. My mom and dad were married for 45 years before my mom passed and uh, my grandmother and, you know, my, my grandmothers on both sides, you know, were married for a long time as well. I have a brother who's been married 25 years. So there's, you know, I've seen it work. You know, I know how a marriage is supposed to go. I know how, I know that parenting is supposed to be a tag team sport. It doesn't always work out that way. It doesn't say that you can't be a single parent because we've seen plenty of successful single parents, but it's not ideal. And, um, but I've always been curious as far as, you know, how some millennials feel if they're like, you know what, skip it. I'll just do this right here for a little bit. And when this gets stale or this person cheats, I move on to the next one. And that's my, that's my life as I see it. But, uh, so it's encouraging to know that there's still some people who believe in marriage. All right. So let me ask you the $37 and 13 cent question. And, yeah, I know I'm being specific with odd number, but um, how do we turn this thing around? How do we get 
I guess, guys to step their game up? And how do we get women to raise their expectation? I mean, is this like the chicken and the egg? Uh, can one cause the other to happen? Or is it all on women just saying, no, I refuse to accept this? That's going to force guys to step their game up. I think what a help is, Tori Lane has a song called Love. He said people act like something's wrong with loving. There's nothing wrong with loving. God is love. And I think when people stop expecting so much and put in so little, like they over-promise and under-deliver. And I think that's where a lot of people mess up and you're really supposed to under-promise, over-deliver. And I think what has helped this generation is think. I don't think nobody thinks sometimes. Or if they think they overthink too much and they just ruin it. And I say that because I know I overthink some things and it can ruin some things. And I just, to get this epidemic out the way, I think people really need to go back in and recheck their morals and people really need to take heed to their gender roles. Women are not like women anymore. Men are not like women. And, of course, we have the era of men wanting to be women, women wanting to be men, and that's a lot of confusion these days. And we have all these babies under us, and that's causing confusion. So when you're living in a confused world, nothing goes according to plan. And in my opinion, I just think people just got to put put their excuses down and get back to the morals, get back to what we should know and what we should do. People don't know their gender roles, duties no more. Because sometimes yeah. even, say that again? I was say, you believe there should be gender roles? I believe people should get back to their gender roles because, like, these days, like, like men are accustomed to, like, men don't mind asking women for help and asking, and I'm talking about straight out the gate. This is first couple of weeks talking. Men don't mind fixing their mouths and asking women for money and asking women for stuff like that. That's unheard of to me. I wasn't raised that way. Not saying women should go asking men for money. I was always taught, if you're not dating, dating, serious relationship, this man don't fix your mouth to ask no man for nothing because they're going to always expect something in return. So I didn't grow up asking men for money. I've always been independent to the point, like, I'm still like that. But men these days don't mind doing that. I'm like, when did that become okay? I don't agree with that. Now, if we're in a relationship and stuff like that, and we, we heavily dating, dating years, and it's a whole nother ball game for a man to ask a woman for money. Because you're in a relationship. It's almost equally, you, you do things like that. But first couple of weeks, I'm not even talking about a month in, men do that. But women are okay with doing that stuff for them. I'm not saying that's my opinion. I don't agree with it. Some people may not see nothing wrong with that. I just think we need to get back to our general roles and duties. Not saying we have to do it like Big Mama them did it. But let's at least get back to the biblical manner of it. I just think people need to really get to the biblical manner of a lot of things on things and not look so much at it because people really take heed to the, how do I put this? It's a word I'm looking for that they just 
we don't see the spiritual side of it that wars and battles can mean things emotionally you're going through, mentally going through. Not mean you have to physically go out here to war. Right. But you can be at war with your heart and your mind, your soul, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and stuff like that. And I think a lot of people are, their emotions and mental stage and emotional stage is all out of whack. Because one day we can be fine and, and terrors and, and tragedy can strike within 2.5 seconds, meaning tragedy can strike in your heart in 2.5 seconds. It takes so much. We have access to so much. We have too much access to each other. That's the problem. We have too much access to everybody. And some hmm. people really put everything out there, and some people don't put things out there, but that's what the problem, I, in my opinion, we have too much access to each other. Okay. Well, we, we both know that's probably not going to change. If anything, it's going to get worse. Um because things just, like you said, the access does kind of give a false sense of reality. Um, we have, you know, you have a lot of people on social media who think they really have, you know, 2,500 friends. No, you really don't. <laughs> just because they're called friends doesn't necessarily mean that they are your friend. But um, it just kind of lulls people to sleep. And, you know, that's where it's gotten us. But, but all right. I appreciate you again taking time to do the show and give me another round of applause here. It's been a pleasure talking to you and um, you sharing your perspectives and everything. But um, I also know that you're, you're kind of doing your own thing. You have something called Red Eye Event Specialist. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Um, Red Eye Event Specialist um, is a um, idea I came up with roughly of about a year or so ago. Um, I found myself liking the coordinated events a lot, but I found myself being this I call underground networker, meaning I found myself knowing a lot of people with a lot of business and wanted to help expose a lot of business, especially a lot of people that I know personally. And Red Eye is more of a keen eye. I try to do things a little bit different. My visions for things and people has always been a little different from the norm. And so with event specialists, I just came up with the idea, like, I just want to help people produce their product, produce their business and whatnot. And and I go to a lot of events and stuff, and I've noticed we don't have that one good standard person to really host a lot of things, especially in the capital city of Jackson, Mississippi. And I take pride in living in Jackson because of the, you know, it's, it's predominantly black. And it's a historical moment before our eyes, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. And we all know the state that Jackson, Mississippi is in can help do anything to promote it, to get it to be rebuilt in a great, in a better way. Hey, that's that's what all I want to do. But um, it's really just being a different eye at things and helping get people the exposure and stuff that they need and I love to help people and to give and do things so it's just almost like a professional networking time for me just bringing people together and building together that's my goal and my aim to is to build for the better so All that's right. kind of what event specialist is okay so um how can people find out more how can they find you on social media, uh, social media or um, contact you? 
Um, I have a um, Facebook page under Red Eye PR. I do have that, and I have an IG page, Red Eye underscore PR, R-E-D-E-Y-E underscore PR. Email me at PR, Red Eye, at Gmail. It is spelled P-R-R-E-D-E-Y-E at gmail.com. And they can hit me up on any of those links, contact me any kind of way. And if you go to my red eye, you can either press, you know, my business page, you can email and text me from there and check out my page. I do weekly spotlights on people and stuff like that. And everyone that I do post is almost about personal phone calls away. So see something, I know I can hit these people up or hit them up and let them know red I sent you. All right. Okay, that's Red Eye Event Specialist on IG is at Red Eye underscore PR. To email you is prredeye at gmail.com. All right. Okay, cool. Um, I just had another question. Okay. Just had another question, mm-hmm. something that made me think when you talked about um you mentioned black people in Jackson. And when it comes to relationships and some of the problems that we run into, uh, do you think that it's different for the races? Do you think, like, for black people, is it more of a struggle with black men and black women than maybe what we see with white men and white women? I think it's all a struggle because it's a struggle in our mind frames, yes. I think it is a struggle only because I hate to use the word oppressed, but we're still oppressed in our minds mentally. We see the good that other people have and think we're instantly supposed to have that, but we don't see how a person has what they have or why they have what they have. Some people are fortunate to have stuff handed to them, great and granted, but we don't see the people that really work hard for stuff. They don't see the struggle. They just think, oh, we're supposed to instantly get that or someone owes us something and this and that. No, that's why it even tells you in the commandments, you're not even supposed to be jealous of what your neighbor has because what they have, you don't understand what they have to sacrifice to get that. And I think once people get past that stage, we can all be on the same land still. I know, I know we're not all supposed to be equal in life, but we're all one race, and that's the human race. And I think once we get past that and understand we're all supposed to at least treat each other with respect and we owe each other is respect, things will be much smoother in life. Things will be much better. God, when he created us, he created one race. He never said in the, in the Genesis, oh, I'm going to create white men to do this and black men to do this and Asian men to do that. No. Even if you read back in the Word, he brought all races together and helped all races out. He did make us different for a reason. But at the end of the day, on our birth certificate, we are marked humans. None, we don't have a dog human and a, and a monkey human. We are humans. And I think once we treat each other like humans, a lot of this confusion and destruction that we're living in will cease. And I always tell my friends, I say, I think God comes back all the time. And they said, why do you say that? I said, because when we go through disasters, we still bounce back. We still heal from things. I said, God don't have to come back in physical form. He can send some things to bring us to come about. We realize that we're all one race. God will physically probably walk this earth again. And that's my opinion. Okay. 
All right. And I appreciate that. And um, I just wonder because it seems like, you know, and I can only speak from, from my experience. And, of course, you know, as a black man myself, I'm mostly around black people. So I see the black experience and I see a lot of the infighting with black men and black women, like there's a war amongst ourselves. And it's it's sad. No one wants to be accountable for anything they do. Everyone just wants to point fingers. And I just wonder if that goes on, you know, in other races, um, you know, because when I see white couples and you know, with the white people that I do know, I don't quite see the same dynamic as far as the, the infighting. It may occur. I just really don't see it like I do with uh, black men and women. And we also get a false sense of that from reality shows, too, with um, relationships. And I don't know. But let me go ahead and wrap things up, Alma, because I can go on and on and on. And I don't want to take your whole day because I really appreciate you taking the time again to join the show. And that's uh, Red Eye Event Specialist. Like I said earlier, at IG, you can hit her up at Red Eye underscore PR. And you can email her at prredeye at gmail.com. So thank you very much for taking the time to do the show, Alma. And I would love to have you come back on sometime in the future, maybe on the live show with uh, some of my callers. Okay. That will be awesome. Okay. That will be awesome. And that's going to do it for another special podcast edition of the Talk to Q Radio Show. You can listen to the show live every Tuesday and Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, where we'll discuss relationships, current events, politics, sports, and more. Follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ, or you can even friend me at ThankQ on Facebook. When all else fails, go to TalkToQ.com to get information on upcoming events and sign up for my email newsletter. Everyone have a great day. Peace out.